Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and a biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, Pastor Adam Mosier wrap up their discussion on one of the small call articles looking at the life of Christ and a New Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and a faithful service to His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe. I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right. Welcome, guys. Uh, we are into our New Testament study as we've been looking at the small call articles, uh, thinking through really the entirety of the life of Christ. And uh, we get to uh, a text here that maybe you wouldn't be expecting to, us to cover, but uh, today we're in Luke 1, looking at Zechariah's son. But uh, it's a text I'm highly excited for, because in the history of the Being Lutheran podcast, mm-hmm. we might not be presented with a bigger opportunity for random song lyrics than we have in this passage <laughs> right now. The tension is palpable right. just to see how off-base Adam and yes. I are going to go. Yes. And, as, and as well put together is this podcast, podcast sounds. We don't discuss any of these random associations prior to recording. No, it's a, so it's I never know what's coming out of Jason's yeah, mouth. Yeah. This is all the product of our damaged brains and yes. growing up in the 80s and 90s. I, I realize I probably blew most of our listeners' minds right now by saying that because I know we sound so, you know, yeah. People, so on point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Brad? Yes, yeah. We're let's, basically the Walter Cronkites of podcasting. Oh, yeah. There we are. We need to read. All right, basically. Let's, let's read God's word. No. <laughs> All right, Luke 1, uh, verses 67 through 80, <laughs> it says this, And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, uh, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of sins, because of their tender mercy, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace." Here ends the reading. Amen. So, in, in, in there, I just want to say there is a textual variant here uh, between 79 and then 80, which we didn't read, and, yeah, and it's yep. just an ex- expression. There's a textual variant that yep. says, and you can tell everybody this is your song. It may be quite simple, but now that it's done, I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind that I put down in words how wonderful life is while you're in the world. Because I want to say Zechariah said that about John it's the, the Elton John study Bible. Yes, the Elton John <laughs> version. So that Adam, was our first reference. Yeah, That's all I could think of. I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, Brian. Adam. I, uh, sorry, Elton. Yeah, I apologize right, to you yeah. too, sir. Uh, why did you choose and then foist upon us as we're studying and, and 
teaching about the life of Christ, a passage about John the Baptist. Almost positive Brett Brett chose this one, wasn't it? No, this no, is you. No. Nope. Oh. It's all you, Trello boy. Tre- Trello boy. Tre- <laughs> we, we do have some pre-production, uh, don't we? Yeah. Yes. Uh, as much as they are surprised now. Uh, the reason is, is because uh, part of it, there's so many... If, if we're talking the life of Christ, which, you know, Schmalk called one, Article 4, is all about. It's the Apostles' Creed kind of stuff, just the, the life and walking through of, of what Jesus was going to do and, and how he was going to, to be about. The, there are so many passages you could choose. But it's interesting that this song, Zechariah sings about his son, John the Baptist, is really a, a story about the life of Christ because John the Baptist came to point people to Jesus. So in verse 76, when it says, and you child will be called the prophet of the most high, he's talking to, to John the Baptist. He's saying, hey, hey, baby, son here, who's in my, hey, baby. Wow. You child, baby. <laughs> you child, baby. You're in my arms now. Um, anyway, as he's singing to his little boy in, in a picture in his arms, right? You'll be called a child of the most, or a prophet, excuse me, child. You'll, wow. You will be called prophet of the most high. He's talking to his son, John the Baptist. He would be the prophet that would go. He'd be the forerunner to proclaim to the world that the Lord is coming. He would prepare his ways. That's what verse 76 says. But the rest of this tells us exactly what Jesus is coming to do. It tells us exactly his life, and it sets the tone in Luke's gospel for what it is that Jesus was going to do. And there's there's some ways in which you could view, uh, you know, and kind of loosely so, but you could do so. Looking at how Luke constructs his gospel, the orderly account that he gives is really a story of, you know, this this is kind of the highlight of it. Yep. And so there's um, there's a lot of lot of things you can go into there, but for the sake of time. That's why. That's why we chose this. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's what, there's, there's two really important theological truths as Zechariah confesses this about John's job, which is, is really interesting. This isn't about the life of John. It's about his, his vocation, his job, right? But the, the way he speaks of the arrival of uh, the Messiah and the accomplishment of salvation is as it's already happened. And so there's two things. When God promises something, it's as if we can treat it as if it's already happened, which is why eschatology never leads us down the path of fear because the second coming of Jesus is the promise and we're not worried about future events. Mm -hmm. The victory is in Jesus. But the other one is as John or as Zechariah prophesies this, Jesus isn't yet born, but he is in utero. He mm-hmm. has been conceived. So the importance of the incarnation of Jesus to God's plan for redemption and to the theology of our salvation is highlighted just indirectly here by Zechariah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see that when they uh, the two moms meet. Um, yeah, Elizabeth Mary. and yep, Mary, Mary. Mm-hmm. you know, Jesus is already, the, the, the word has become flesh, right? Yep. That uh, the incarnation has happened at this point. The, the thing that stands out to me, um, well, the, just, just to begin with, is the um, verse 68, the word visited. Yep. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And I find this to be very telling of the life of Christ, because the idea of visitation in Scripture, if you carry that theme all the way through the Old Testament, you see that right from, from the very get-go, God is in the business of being interactive with his creation. 
And among. And among his creation, the dwelling. Uh, John uses the phrase, you know, God, you know, Dwell. the word became fresh and dwelt among us or tabernacled, tabernacled yep. tented among us uh, is is the Greek word there, which is a, a point, ba- or, you know, pointing back to God dwelling with the people in the desert, in the, in the tent of meeting. And then there was the, of course, the temple that became uh, p- more permanent after that, but a, a, a more permanent fixture of the same concept. God is visiting and redeeming his people. And it, it, it points back to Moses. It points back to the time of Egypt where they are enslaved and, and they are, you know, seemingly in this, you know, perpetual state of enslaving, you know, enslavement. And they're, they're looking at their, their life, uh, thinking, where do we go from here? And then God comes and visits. And it's the exact same, you know, you, you look forward to the life of Christ. It's the same, it's the same reality of, of, you know, uh, James and John as they're fishing and there's Jesus, all of a sudden he visits. And then there's me <laughs> that he visits as he you know, comes to me in his word. And there's, a, there's so much there. There's so much happening in that word visit that really carries us through the entirety of scripture. God wants to be with us. Yeah. And that visitation then is the, the sacrament, right? The, the body mm-hmm. and blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He visits his people. What's interesting is built into that word too, the visited is an eschatological reality. And it's a reminder that even as Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us and died and rose again, and you have that whole incarnation, that this is not what eternity looks like. And so wrapped up into that word is even now, everything is not as it should be, but that there is a better time when we are dwelling in the presence of God forever, where it will no longer be a visit. It will be a permanent residence with God for eternity. Mm-hmm. You see, yeah, that, that permanent residence. And then the, the second word in there, visited and redeemed. So it's the idea of, of president, uh, pr- presence, uh, <laughs> presidents. No, We're going to talk politics. Yeah, leave right. that one alone. Right. Yeah. Um, the idea of you have the, the, um, the idea of visitation, dwelling, presence, but then the redemption, the buying back of mm-hmm. his people. Mm-hmm. And we saw, I mean, that, of course, points back to the Red Sea. That points back to, you know, the Passover where, you know, God you know, strikes the firstborn of the land of Egypt down and he, he you know, the blood covers that those of his Israelites. He leads them through the Red Sea, buys them back, and there they are, they're rescued. Uh, he's raised up a horn that uh, of salvation. It's a picture, you know, of the altar that, that where, where there's a sacrifice for salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. That whole picture of, of God rescuing and saving is there. Um, and, and all of that then leads to this phrase in verse 71, that we should be saved from our enemies in the hands of who hate us. Yeah. And where does that, that, that phrase, where do we go? Well, I, I want to point out, and I'm sorry to cut you off here, Brett. I, I want to point out that, that that language raised up a horn of salvation is mm-hmm. resurrection language, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the, the glory chasers in the church want triumph without blood, without death, and without resurrection. But God raises, God delivers his horn of salvation to be killed and then raises up a horn of salvation. That's, that's resurrection language. Is it really important that we identify that? Uh, because God's power is manifest specifically in resurrection. 
Mm-hmm. God, God has, God has universal power. God has omnipotent power, all powerful power. Uh, but God's power for us, apart from resurrection, is not good news. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to identify that God's power without resurrection is a perfect power that cannot abide in the presence of sin. That's bad news for us. Talking about God's power without the blood of Christ is bad news for us. But that resurrection language and that redemption language is crucial to understand God for us. Mm-hmm. Every line here, honestly, is it just, just drips. Yeah, yeah with, with Old Testament yep. reference, and there are there are mm-hmm. Old Testament allusions. So, raising up the horn of salvation, you you reference the resurrection piece. He, he does it for us in the house of his servant David. That language of the house of David is the promise in Second Samuel seven of God says, "I'm going to build you a house." Right, and and um, David's like, "No, nah, no, nah, let me. No, I got this, God. I got this big house over here. Let me build you one too." And God's like, "I don't need it, son. It'll be okay. I'm going to do it myself." I'm going to give you a house, and it's in that whole house, and ultimately the the fulfillment of that is Christ. And so here, you know, it just is language, and this is all, keep in mind, pre-Jesus's birth, not pre-his incarnation at conception, but pre-his birth. All of these things are being said of him. And, And we would say then that eternity is literally the house of the rising sun. (laughs) <laughs> wow, there you are. Yeah. 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 That's number the, two. I yeah. saw the look over on his face. <laughs> you were desperately trying some... to throw it to Brett. <laughs> I wanted to see what Brett was uh, going to say, but yeah. I saw Jason wasn't going to allow that. So. Yeah. Brett, yeah, how, many, how many son references? Yeah. Right. What do you got for us, Brett? You were going to say something. Well, I was going to say, you know, looking at that verse 71, you know, saved from our enemies. I'm sure, you know, you, you were talking uh, a while back of, the, you know, the mountain peaks of prophecy and so on. and uh, Or the radio towers in North Dakota. Yeah, the radio towers in North Dakota. Just thinking how, you know, as Zechariah was prophesying this, you know, how much were they thinking of the Romans that, you know, from our enemies right now to see mm-hmm. all of our enemies uh, in, in the midst of that. Well, it's a both and thing, mm-hmm. right? That, yeah. That part of the idea of the, the Jewish nation is, is that you have faithful Israel and you have political Israel, but it's a both and, right? So that the idea of being hated simply because you're a Jew is the same thing as being hated simply because you're a Christian, right? We have geopolitical enemies, there are there are entire nations and and principalities in this world that hate Christians. You know, some might make a pretty reasonable argument that we live among them in our own country, that there are people who hate Christians. But the the real one, the the real way we go down that in verse seventy one is the hand of all who hate us. That a specific reference to Satan, right? Mm. And you cannot mm-hmm. uh, you cannot uh, separate the work of Christ from the promise of Genesis three fifteen. And so that part of the work of Christ is the final victory over the seed of the devil. It's final victory over the serpent. So that in First John, the reason Jesus came was to destroy the works of the devil. Yeah. I wonder, okay, now keep in mind, we talked about Jesus, I think this was several, three weeks ago when we, we started. We might have talked about Jesus. When we talked about, <laughs> when we talked about, no, when we talked about the whole idea of Jesus having a personality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You look at, at verse 71 and here is a new dad who has seen an angel, and that didn't go well right away. I mean, it was kind of an awkward moment, and he was silent, you know, for the basic, functionally, the last, what, six how months. many, six months of yeah. his wife's pregnancy. And here he is, his vo- you know, his voice is restored. He sings this song, 
And, and he's talking about that we should be saved from our enemies in the hands of all who hate us. And let's pretend Zechariah lived. We don't know when Zechariah died. We know that he was probably older because Elizabeth was older and probably, you know, expected that she couldn't have children anymore. So we can assume maybe Zechariah had died, but let's pretend he didn't for the sake of argument. Here he is watching his son arrested and he's in prison. And all of a sudden on the whim of one uh, licentious woman <laughs> on the whim of yeah. one licentious woman, woman who was dancing yeah. for her. What was it like her stepdad or something? I mean, it was just weird. Uh, like yeah. some weird. The Herods were messed the up. The Herod dude. had this just super weird stuff going on. And she said, I'll do, I'll, I'll give you anything for that nice dance you, you gave to us. And she wants his head. And so John the Baptist is beheaded. And it seems like, okay, what about verse 71? How can that be true? You can you can see Zechariah saying, "Remember that song I wrote, like when he said haters gonna hate, hate, hate thirty hate. some years ago? You remember that song?" And and it's all of a sudden, how are we gonna be? You know, what do you mean we're delivered from our enemies? What do we think when we see Rome sacked? I mean, Rome sacked Jerusalem, right in yeah. seventy A.D. And you see that whole you see that whole debacle. And it's like our enemies. What are you talking about? Did you do this? We cannot we we cannot get hung up on the present. God's going to deliver me from every enemy. Yeah, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sure. I can go through all this. That's not what Scripture teaches. The enemy that we needed to be delivered from was the enemy of our souls, yep. and that is exactly what Christ came to do. And every enemy that we have typifies that enemy. Mm-hmm. Now I, I got to get this out of my brain, and I apologize in advance, but I got to get this out of my brain because you brought it up. <laughs> at any point during that six-month silence of Zechariah, at any point, do you think Elizabeth just kind of looked at him and said, you know, we never talk anymore? <laughs> uh, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy on us. Oh, Lord have mercy. All right. Anyway. I don't know where to go from there, Jason. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, this is why we hire Brett. He's the NPR voice that gives us yeah, all well, that we need to stay sane and healthy. Yeah. Uh, the, so, I mean, if we're going to go down verse by verse and hit all of the references that are pertinent to the Christian life, we've, we've covered 71. Yeah. Uh, 72, the mercy promised to our fathers to remember his holy covenant. Okay, Jesus is the fulfillment of every promise and every covenant in the Old Testament. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Moving on, 73 yeah. is where we really get into a Pauline argument. And again, it's very interesting because Luke is Paul's traveling secretary, more or less, right? Yeah, it was for part of his yeah. Yeah, missionary okay. journey. So, yeah. so, so it's very interesting when you start to connect these dots so that Luke is writing Luke as he travels with Paul, right? So 73, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. Then, bam, instantly you have the argument of Romans 4 and 5 that Luke is probably a Gentile. It's a Greek name. And our father. So Abraham is the father of mm-hmm. Israel mm-hmm. by faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yep. Galatians. Yeah. Yep. And, Galatians 3.29 says that too. This is, this is Zechariah writing it, but Luke recording it. And so you have two simultaneous. Zechariah is a Jew. He's a priest. And, and he's of the blood of Abraham right? A descendant of the 12 tribes. But Luke is highlighting this. And it's, you just know he's putting it in there. And Paul has been conversing with, you know, because Paul's writing and, you know, real time, Paul's talking to Luke. It's like, yeah, Abraham's your father too. And Luke's like, what? Excuse me, what? And he's like, you know. And then he said, Father Abraham has yeah. many sons. Yeah. Many sons has Father Abraham. And I'm one of them. So are you. So let's just praise the Lord. And they got their arms going. <laughs> they're doing they this the, crazy they dance. They spin and around Christian and then the ship wrecked. Yeah. And it was ugly. Yeah, and, the, was and they're like, the dudes are like, why are you nodding your head? 
so much. Uh, but so, so I mean, you, you see Pauline theology in what Luke draws out of this account. And, and this is one of my favorite things to do to think about this, and I get this also from Lydia McGrew stuff and other people who write uh, apologetically about the uh, apologetically speaking, not apologizing for the Gospels, is, you know, all of this research and Luke would have had to interview someone to, to get to this. I mean, it's all supernaturally, but we know like Luke pursued Mary. He, he, you know, wrote about all of these things. So it's like, who is he getting Zechariah's song from? And, you know, was Zechariah alive for the beheading of John? Maybe not, probably not. So is you know, who is he getting this from? And it's just so interesting that so much of the theology of Zechariah's song ends up in Paul's letters. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got that's verse uh, 73, Mm -hmm. 74, we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Uh, Again, right there you have, you know, that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies, speaking back to the the ultimate enemy might serve him without fear. That's a big part because the presence of God for the sinner is extremely fearful. Yeah, it's absolution language. It's the whole, yeah, exactly. It's when when the angels come and they're talking to whoever, (laughs) you know, in a positive sense, like, hey, Mary, don't be afraid. They have to, that's, instead of saying, hey, my name's Michael, you know, how are you doing? Or my name's Gabriel, what's up? You know, he has to constantly, that's their greeting. Don't be afraid. You imagine personalities oh. of angels. Oh. All right, yeah, just don't be afraid. I, <laughs> well, I, I don't, no, shh, shh, shh. Yeah. it's okay. I'm here. Don't I, be afraid. But the reason, but there's more to it theologically than that. The theological yeah. nature of fear before God is the right response. When you see the holiness of God as a sinner, uh, you need to be afraid. But it says here that we might serve him without fear. Yeah. So that that's removed. It's absolution language in holiness and righteousness, which is not yeah. possible save through the blood Amen. of Jesus himself, right? Before him, that that phrase before him, all his days, that that presence of God there, that visitation is a continuing visitation. Mm -hmm. That's going on too. There's so much here, but what what are you going to say? It's exactly why, and and I've been on the soapbox forever, it it happens in praise choruses, but in any song, even hymns, where we are singing about desiring to be in the unmediated presence of God without the blood of Christ, that's not, it just works just like the power of God. It's not good news for us, right? But that, that fear... That, that holy fear of God is put to rest when God says, fear not, you are forgiven. Mm-hmm. That, that reconciliation language. And then in holiness and righteousness, yeah. right now, this is the key, right now, in faith in Christ, you stand before mm-hmm. God as holy. Yeah. Even as a sinner, that you are serving God in holiness right now because of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that language of, you know, because we have him who is like us in every way, yet without sin, who stands in the presence of God, we have access. Paul talks about that a lot. He talks about it in Romans. He talks about it in Ephesians. Uh, that whole access to the Father outside of fear, that presence, that that going in, you know, in and out, serving him day and night in his temple language of revelation even, is the picture of what the Christian has right now through the blood of Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's like the... Luther's quote in the um, Apostles' Creed, uh, you know, that I that I might be His own and live under Him in His kingdom and serve Him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Yep. Uh, kind of. We, we always connect our righteousness to our performance, but God does not. Mm-hmm. God connects our righteousness to Christ's performance, mm-hmm. and you you spend your entire life trying to get that into your head. You know, it's just over and over and over again. And, and we're 22 minutes, so we, we, we got to keep moving <laughs> on. Uh, you will be called prophet of the Most High. I think this is one of the most crucial verses to understand Christian life right now. Mm-hmm. That the, the description of prophet is what? 
you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. Mm-hmm. You know, the church is missing out on prophecy. It's just like a, a sorry assemblies of God, sorry Pentecostals, sorry charismatics. Prophecy is not just predicting the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not doing anything. The, the prophet prepares the way of the Lord. The prophet declares the word of the Lord and announces God's presence. So if you're as a prophet aren't pointing to Christ, you're not doing the work of prophecy. Mm-hmm. You're a false prophet. The purpose of the prophet then as well is to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their in sins. In the forgiveness of their sins. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it is to go before the people, well, go before the Lord, excuse me, to prepare his ways, yeah. you know, to tell everything that's going to happen in the end times. And then love verse 78. No, it was a sarcasm. You that didn't was a joke. Catch yeah. it. I'm glad oh, you I, caught I missed it. it. Sorry. Yeah. This, the whole idea of, you know, I, I was saying that it was to tell about the future. No, the, the prophet's job is to proclaim the salvation of God, but it's also, and I don't want to skip over this, the forgiveness of their sins, the forgiveness of sins. And and Luke says the same thing in chapter eight, something like that. Is it 847 or something like that? That that the whole purpose of the ministry of Jesus is to, as, as prophets of the Lord, to proclaim the forgiveness of sins. We cannot, well, we cannot slow, yeah, we cannot miss And we miss cannot that miss part. that the content of the gospel is the forgiveness of sins. Absolutely. Right? And it's, this is not some material temporal salvation. And so we, we, we can't go down the road of the social gospel and equate salvation with material prosperity or the end of oppression or anything because it's in the forgiveness of their sins. That's what we're talking about. And then I just, sorry for ignoring you. I was just so excited to get to the tender mercy of God. Okay. I well, love that phrase. I <laughs> guess I can't blame you for that. Yeah, you can. Well, and I you might. shouldn't. You probably will. Okay. But whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the dawning of a new day, the, the eighth day is how the church has referred to the resurrection, hmm. God's new creation, mm-hmm. the eighth day, the, the tender mercy of God, whereby the sun sh- sunrise shall visit from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Hmm. Man. Praise the Lord. That's some that's yeah. some that's some stinking good poetry. <laughs> yeah, that was right. way better than Elton John. Yeah. Good job, yeah. Zechariah. Well, yeah. Good job, Holy Taylor Spirit. Swift. I got Taylor Swift yeah, in right. here. Wow. Uh, what I else? Give a whole playlist from. This I episode. did say Kyrie Kyrie Lord have mercy. When you did so, got miss. Is that Mister Mister? Is that who it was? No, Kyrie Eleison's Mister Mister. Uh, I could bring up Peace Train right now. The way of peace. Get on the peace train. Who is that? Um, is that Cat Stevens? Cat Stevens, yeah. yeah. Which his name now, after he converted, is Yusef something. Yusef Islam, which yeah. loosely translated into English is Joe Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wow. <laughs> they just really killed the momentum we had going at the end of that episode. <laughs> How can we possibly end this? Uh, I think I think just by reading that last, that because of the tender mercy yeah. of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. You are all invited to the Summer Institute of Theology. It begins on August 7th and runs through August 11th. It's at the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota. Join pastors and lay people from around the country for training in apologetics, congregational leadership, systematic theology, and studies in the Psalms. Find a full list of electives and registration information at flbc.edu slash SIT. God bless you and have a great week.